Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level. So I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have Dr. Espen who is a researcher of neuroscience and quantum physics. Now, he went from two broken legs and a near-death hospital infection to heal himself from the inside out. How he was able to do this is a remarkable story. And I have to tell you that Dr. Espen shared with me some of his techniques in a private session, which we're going to be offering to everyone listening to this episode. So stay tuned at the end for more information about that. So are you ready to go quantum? Let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to show Dr. Espen. How you doing, Doc? Oh, I'm amazing, buddy. Excited for this. Thank you so much for coming on the show, my friend. I'm excited to talk to you too. I love the work that you're doing on the other side of the world. Uh, you're coming from, uh, from us from Australia right now. And uh, what time? By the way, I, I always ask, what time is it? What time of day of it is over there right now? We've got seven thirty in the morning, buddy. Good lord, you woke up that early for me. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. And for all the listeners and the viewers, this is going to be magical. So stay tuned. So first of all, for everyone not watching this, uh, you shouldn't look this good at 7.30. I'm just throwing that out there. You should not <laughs> look this good at 7.30 in the morning, sir. So uh, congrats on whatever you're doing. <laughs> Thank you, kindly, sir. Must be all the meditation and all the smiles, I guess. Clean living, sir. Clean living. Clean living. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you. So first question, how did you get started in this line of work uh, that you're doing right now? I think like many people throughout their human experience it comes down to either one finding what you love or two having your life shaped by um incidents that takes place for me i broke my legs both my legs in 2006 and i tried the traditional medical route you know going down the the route and following standard advice and doing that and and there was some great healing in that they put my two legs together through you know surgery and such but i also almost died from a hospital infection so the what the reason why i'm on this path is because um, the creator, whatever you want to call it, um, universe uh, put me on this path because I had to heal myself in that in, in that situation. And I managed to do so after having a life-threatening hospital infection that I dealt, dealt with for almost a year and a half. Almost died. I lost 15 kilos. I had a horrible, uh, what's called a staph infection. Um, and so, yes, I'm on this path because I was blessed with the experience of going through trauma so I could find healing and and within healing, finding my purpose and helping others heal at the same time. So what did you discover that is outside of the normal everyday mainstream in regards to healing? In essence, if you want to simplify it, sure. that what I had done at the time, what I had, uh, uh, the mistake that I had made, quote unquote, was to, was to outsource my healing to other people. 
And so, you know, you kind of look at lifestyle, you kind of look at nutrition and other things, and you're aware of it, but you don't necessarily remember or know this, this, this knowingness that we are the healers. There's no one else that can come and heal us. There's no surgeon or doctor or nurse that can heal us because it is the field of intelligence, the quantum field or, or consciousness within us, our, our true essence that heals. I always say the doctor can dress the wound, but it's the patient that heals. It's not the doctor that heals the wound, the wound or the cut. It's the person. So what I had to do is I had to remember that, uh, as I say in my seminars, if it is to be, it's up to me. Yes, I can go and seek help and, and, and get assistance in the matter, but I'm ultimately the one that has to take responsibility for everything, including my healing. And, and with that said, when you're meaning healing is like, if you get shot tomorrow, I'm assuming you're not going to sit there and meditate. You're going to go to the hospital and get, you're going to get addressed of a wound. That's why I always tell people too, I'm like, look, you get shot, you get stabbed, you, you get into an accident, don't rub leaves on me. Um, take yeah. me to a hospital, but yeah. long-term healing of trying to recover things that are long-term is this is where you're talking about, correct? Well, yes and no. Primarily the first thing you're speaking of is, you know, having the opportunity to have modern medicine in our lives is an absolute blessing yes. in the way it's supposed to be applied. It, I mean, it saved my son's life. He almost passed when, when, uh, when he was born um, and also, you know, put my two legs together. So you know, I wouldn't have been alive if it wasn't for it. So, but there is a difference between sick care and healthcare or reactive care and, and, and real long-term application of increasing the the vitality and an experience of someone's life so yes i would say so if you want to simplify it but in essence it's not just about healing it's about you living a magnificent life you know living um for me anyway happy and fulfilled and being able to heal through the experiences of life because life is also a big healing i think in many ways oh and then some uh, yeah. <laughs> and then some without question so you speak a lot about the quantum potential what is the quantum potential uh, it depends on from which view you would look at it, right? I mean, if you look at it from a scientific perspective, it's this field of intelligence that's been proven by science for over 100 years since Max Planck founded the quantum theory, you know, over 100 years ago now. Um, th this field of intelligence that is within all things, you know, you can call it many different things. The scientists call it the unified field, if you will, or, or the quantum field. So it's this field of intelligence, this, this field of consciousness, but it also depends on how it's applied. I like to use... Uh, quantum science and consciousness into the different areas of life, into um, my personal development and my health, as well as my relationships and other things, because we know now that this field exists. We know that the that it makes up the majority of who and what we are. So, if for me, as you know, studying peak performance for many years, why would I not apply quantum science and the quantum field within my practices on a daily basis if I wanted to achieve peak performance? So, it is a field of intelligence but it's also way more than something outside of us. It is who we are within us and all around us. So to apply that, I think it's just a magical approach. So it's it's in many ways, is it the energy that is considered or called by in the East, the Chi or, you know, in Star Wars, the force, uh, things that are in us at all and control it. Not to, I'm not trying to make fun of it. I'm actually just using it because basically the force was taken from real you know, historical yes. concepts, you know, and that's why it's so powerful and it resonates so much with so many people that those stories, because it's connecting to something that is real. It just threw a couple lightsabers in there, which was really fun. But, um, but also, but the concept of the chi or the force, things that are within all of us that move things that control things. Is that kind of what the quantum field is? 
Yes, definitely. Most definitely. And it's been named by different cultures and civilizations throughout the eons. You know, we know it to be true. Um, you know, you may call it different things. People in different cultures have different names for it. Um, and, you know, it used to be kind of taboo to speak about in certain Western cultures, certainly yeah. in Western cultures. Um, and also, you know, in the scientific community that, you know, I was a part of for a very long time and still am. You know, if you don't have the quote unquote um, data for it, you know, double blind, peer reviewed, la 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 la, then it's not seen as something accurate or something tangible. But we do have that, and we have we've had that for over hundred years now. So, for those listening that are perhaps skeptical, I would imagine that many of your uh, listeners are not so because they're pretty open minded. I would imagine. Um, but there are always the skeptics out there like I used to be. This is uh, science. This is not esoteric um, uh, uh, speculation. And that's why this is so exciting, because it's now something that we can measure in certain ways, in, in quite limited ways yet, but we can still measure it and we can understand it. And also we can apply it in our lives on a daily basis, which is where I really think this needs to be um, come into the forefront of science, personal development, mindset, and all the things that we do now, particularly education. I think this is really important to get quantum science and the science of consciousness into education. Well, I mean, a lot of the concepts of, of things that we take for granted now, we can measure now, but at a time, we couldn't understand what radio waves were. We couldn't understand yeah. what ultraviolet light was these kind of concepts that at, at most of our existence could not uh, measure. And now we just, oh, well, now radios are real. Radio waves are real. So very similar. We lack the understanding of how to measure the stuff that we're talking about correctly. Yes, in certain ways. And in other ways, we can. You know, right. I do this thing, Alex, which is really, um, this is subjective rather than objective, but it is still real for us because subjectively it's how we experience life, right? Through the, primarily through the five senses. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. I do this thing in my events where um, before we really start the content, I get everyone in the room to close their eyes, take a breath and feel into their hearts. And then I give them two scenarios. I explain scenario one and scenario two. Scenario one is for those out there that believe that there's nothing more to life than just who we are physically. That means flesh, bone, matter. You know, the old Newton's laws, life is Materialism. Physical. Yeah, materialism. Yeah, materialism. Exactly. What we see on the outside, because we know. Let's be honest, Alex, I have a, I have a right hand, I have a left hand. Well, the right one is not the same as the left one, so they can't really be the same. So I also do have to comprehend that I'm at least having a physical experience here. Um, and then, you know, scenario number two is that there's more to me. Okay, so scenario one is there's only physical, only physical is real, materialism is real. Two, I truly do believe that there's more to, to life, uh, more inside of me, perhaps a spirit or a soul. People call it different things, right? So I do this and I get them to close their eyes, take a big breath and feel into their hearts as to what they truly do believe. And I'd, I'd like to do this as well. Right now, if you're listening, just decide for yourself, what do you believe? One, that there's only uh, physical things that are real, that your children, yourself are only physical, and there's nothing else. Or two, that there's more to you, perhaps a spirit, soul. Uh, you're a part of source, whatever you want to call it, call it, call it, whatever you want to call it, right? And this has been interesting. Tens of thousands of people now, and we've calculated this and we've measured this. Um, we've seen that over 99% of people now, having said that, disclaimer, we do attract open-minded, science-oriented, spiritually curious people, okay? 
So because that they're the ones that come to our events, right? But over 99% of people across tens of thousands of people raise their hand when I say, you know, scenario number two is what I believe. And then I get them to open up their eyes and have a look around the room. And almost the whole room is sitting like this with their hands up. And so there is this already this innate belief in us that there is something more to life. My quest has been showing people what that is scientifically, how to access it, and not just have, as Tony Robbins says, the, you know, the science of achievement in, I want to be successful in business and finance and whatever else, but also the art of fulfillment. What, what does it mean to just, like you mentioned, just have this radiance about life and enjoy life while we're here and also perhaps even give something back? Yeah, and, and the other thing that's so fascinating now is that quantum physics is uh, and quantum mechanics are starting to meet with spirituality and, and some of the concepts mm -hmm. that have been around for thousands, five, six, seven, eight thousand years, uh, going back with some of these concepts. But when you say material, and this is, I, I laugh inside when you were saying like, oh, how many of you believe everything is solid and it's material and that's the only thing that's real? I laugh because quantum physics has proven now that the material is just energy. And as, and if you go keep going deeper and deeper inside with a microscope, you finally get to a point where there is space between, between the, the particles. So they're like, yes. well, what's that space? And then, it, because before it was solid, everything's the table solid, I'm solid, everything. So if we've gone down that far to figure out that there is space between the, the particles, then what is holding the particles together? What makes this table different than me or you or this computer or, 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 the, or the house or any of that? So then you start getting into some deep conversations that many on the materialistic side don't want to start talking about. They're just like, no, no, mm -hmm. no, 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 no. That's going to throw, it's going to throw a monkey wrench into our whole system. You know, <laughs> very simple. You similar. have to rewrite everything. Right. It's kind of like when Galileo showed up. And they're like, no, 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 no. What, 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 that's the, we, the sun is the center. We, no, we can't have that. That's going to throw, oh, we have to rewrite all the books. We can't. Because they had it the other way around, right? <laughs> right, exactly. So that's where we are now. But there's so much mounting evidence and there are shows like this and conversations like this that are hitting the masses that at a certain point, there's going to be a tipping point. They're just like, we can't ignore this anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. And the exciting thing about it is that it, the science has been here for a long time, like I said, for over 100 years now. Right. And so what you're explaining here, Alex, is really if, if and I get this question from people, right, this, you know, quantum science, quantum mechanics, um, metaphysics or esoteric science, you know, how, how do you explain consciousness? And I'm, I mean, how, how would you explain consciousness? I mean, firstly, I have to be... I'm, I'm not a physicist, you know, I've got several degrees in science and I've studied for a long time. So Firstly, um, maybe I'll explain this in a way that is oversimplified. But then again, as Einstein said, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it fully. And to make it applicable for everyone, I think it's, it's you know, at least try and keep it as simple as possible. If you were to explain it and you look at quantum mechanics and you go to the core of reality, what nature says about the real essence of who we are, and again, it's the old number, you know, 99.989, so effectively percent of and what we're made up of is space. So what is within this space? Well, there is intelligence that we know. Uh, there is an interconnected field beyond space and time. We know this through wormholes, through quantum entanglement theory and many other uh, practices or, or studies as such. So I think more so to make it applicable for us, you are right on the money. I say to my students, 
Imagine that you put your hand under a microscope. You look in the microscope, you see a molecule, atom. In the middle of the atom, there's a nucleus, right? I think many people will be following still. Um, and then subnuclear, lower than the nucleus. Um, as you go deeper, you will see that we're made up of 99.9% .9 pure space. Einstein used to ask, he used to call this spooky action at a distance when he used to study uh, relativity and, and understanding the, the aspects of quantum mechanics that he got into. But what is so exciting is that when you do look deep enough and you find out that you're made up of this space, there is intelligence, and this we know, within this space. So if we're made up of more than 99%, what I like to call pure untapped intelligence, our untapped energy, you may call it chi. I love the word chi or the force because it is a force, because it, it makes up the absolute, you know, it, if you want to look at wholeness as the majority of who we are. So then the question again, that I pose is, why aren't we going there in, in, in science? And I'm in mainstream, um, and also particularly in education, because this would be incredibly important for our children to know. I mean, the Buddhists, I see you have Yogananda behind you and some, you know, meditating. I've had the privilege of sitting in sacred ceremonies in, um, in many different cultures for many different years, meditated for a very long time. Um, and that is how we access that field because it's there, Alex. And and when we can go there, I always say it's a bit cheeky, but it's true. You don't have to go without when you do go within. And mm. that is truly where I think the journey needs to go now, from the head to the heart, if anything, anything else. We need, we need to we need to remember who and what we are um, and how to live in alignment with universal law. Now, how do you tap into the quantum field? Like if you're someone, a normal Joe, or, or, or gal and wants to start to tap into the quantum field, to tap into that intelligence for their own healing in emotional healing, uh, physical healing, mental healing, any of that? Well, the first question is how do you tap into it? And the second question is how do you optimize your life using it or living in alignment with it? Firstly, we're not never not tapped into it. Okay. There is no distance here. We are it. It is us. And you know, like I said, it's within, within us and all around us. So, I mean, how to use it for our benefit, uh, live in alignment with it, use it for healing purposes, et cetera, et cetera. The first process is to identify what you believe. Like I said before, scenario one, you believe that you're only physical. Scenario one, you believe that there's more to you than, than flesh and bone, that there's a spirit, a soul, that a field of intelligence, if you will. If you do say to yourself, I believe that I'm scenario two, then the next thing that I would do is write down what I call this field. Um, some religions may call it, you know, Buddha, others may call it Jesus, others may may call it, um, you know, the unified field, if you want to keep it scientific. I'm not religious or dogmatic. I'm spiritual and my religion is love, if any. Um, have, however, having said that as a researcher, if you do look at it scientifically, you know that it's there. You've identified that within your own belief. And now already all of your cells are listening. Uh, your unconscious or subconscious mind is listening. And of course, the quantum field that makes up the majority of who and what we are is also listening to the fact that we have a core belief that we are already connected and part of this, the one law of all 12 universal laws, which is the law of oneness. Once you've established the belief, once you have become even further conscious to the fact that there is no disconnection between us and the field, we are the field or part of the field as well. Then the question is, um, as Tesla said, you know, you asked before what's in this space. Um, Einstein used to ask himself, is it nothingness or everythingness and what we believe will achieve? 
So it's, it's both, it's, it's empty space, but it's also filled with pure intelligence. So then the next step is to follow, as I said, Tesla, um, and to understand that everything is energy, frequency, and vibration. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. If we look at the Hawkins scale of consciousness, uh, Dr. Hawkins, PhD, MD, um, was able to, to quantify this now using many different uh, techniques, including uh, kinesiology over many, many years of study. They found that certain, there was a scale of emotions, right? I'm sure some of your listeners would have heard of this Hawkins scale of consciousness, certainly worth looking up. And low vibration um, is a fear, uh, suffering, pain, ill health, etc. Um, and a high vibration are normally the things that we desire. So health and happiness, peace, love, fulfillment, et cetera. Um, within this range, Alex, from normally zero to 700 is what they have on this scale, we call the human experience. Uh, those vibrating or experiencing a lower frequency will have more suffering in their lives. And those experiencing higher vibrations, energy, frequency, et cetera, um, will experience a better quality of life. So then, of course, it depends on, you know, where do you live? I mean, if you're living in a developing country, this is not as easy um, for other people because you and I have food and shelter, et cetera. Um, but for most people in, in in countries that have food, shelter, clean food, clean water, that sort of stuff, um, I would say that the fastest way to enter the field is one, to, to just be conscious of what it is that you believe, to practice that. There, we are a part of, an, of a field that connects everything and everyone, and then to still the mind, to still and focus the mind also. But we haven't been taught to focus the mind in school, so we kind of have to uh, experience and explore it ourselves also. I mean, the stuff that they don't teach you in school could fit libraries. <laughs> That's why I left. I, I was a, I was, I'm, a, I'm a qualified teacher. I left. I left the educational institution simply because, you know, I'm not interested in the, you know, the, the, the things that, you know, quote unquote, are being indoctrinated into our children because since we know that consciousness is real, I mean, we should at least mention it. You know, since I mean, we know that good health is, is is fundamental, we should at least be talking to not even just the children, but the parents about the vital nature of living a clean lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, how about balancing your business accounts? Uh, what a credit card is. Things that, you know, you know, how to do basic accounting, like the, the, for your own personal you know, these just even that's not even in the spiritual space, but those basic mm. life skills that you have to figure out either the easy or the hard way <laughs> along the way. And, and emotions. Oh, Think God, about emotions. emotions. Oh, crazy, God. right? Like this was this is part of my path as well. Like I suppressed so many emotions growing up because oh. my brother died when I was five. Right. And my mom didn't know how to deal with that. And then two years later, my sister's born disabled, uh, permanently disabled, never had a chance to walk and, and run like many of us have. Um, and then, you know, she didn't know how to deal with it. So she, 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 you know, went to alcohol and was drunk every day for the majority of my upbringing. And so I suppressed all these emotions. First, I felt like I had to, to survive. And then when I, as I got older, I recognized that I was not happy, Alex. I was not happy at all. I was sad on the inside. And it was often displayed as frustration or anger because it's kind of this outer layer of, you know, hey, I'm happy and look how successful I am, you know. I was uh, I was owning um, ten multidisciplinary clinic, hiring medical doctors and all kind of physicians, um, traveling the world, and science, science, science. Um, deep down, man, not happy. Um, and so 
I recognized that I'd suppressed a lot of emotions and I needed to take the journey within to actually go back in time to what in psychology we call the, the human imprint period, ages one to seven, uh, primarily, not just, of course, also, you know, other parts of childhood and actually sit with my shit, you know, and, and, and heal it and, and heal the emotions. Because I always say the quality of our life equals the quality of our most frequently felt emotion. People forget this. They want to do all the mindset stuff, right? And that's cool. But if you don't heal your emotions, you're not going to eat well, all right? You're not going to love well. You're not going to be well. You're not going to feel well. So again, the reason I think why Dr. Hawkins, as per the Hawkins scale of consciousness, measured emotions is because it equals our quality of life. And it also equals, if you want to talk quantum science, the level that we attract at. One of the last things that the late, great Dr. Wayne Dyer said before he passed, you know, he said, we don't attract what we want. We attract what we are vibrationally slash emotionally. So if you want to have a magnificent life and attract cool things, success, happiness, fulfillment, you've got to heal your wounds, aka you don't have to, you get to. And from there, you'll vibrate at a different level. And that'll be a different human experience. So for many people listening, the concept of vibration and frequency is, is a new concept. And I'm going to just be, play devil's advocate here. Why is it that lower frequencies are different than higher frequencies in, the, in regards to health and happiness? It's like, it's, isn't it a radio signal that you're on FM and now you're on AM or so on and so forth? What is the big difference between the high and the low in, a, in, a, in the sense of being happy, healing, being healthy? Uh, attracting things that you want in your life. I'm being plain devil. I know the answer about playing devil's advocate. Excellent question. I mean, we have to ask these questions, right? And I know that we know the answers, but we only know what we know. I don't think you're smart until you know how much you don't know. Hmm. So I love keeping an open mind, you know, because there's very little that I know and maybe some things that I kind of do know. Um, so firstly, admitting that I don't know everything, that's for sure. Um, secondly, I think the easiest way to explain it is that the further away from source you are, the lower the vibrational density is the way you kind of look at it. Um, and so if you look at uh, levels, layers, or dimensions, if you will, also known as densities, the lower the energy frequency and vibration, the more dense the the object becomes this is why it's harder to heal physically because the physical or the materialistic body carries naturally quite a low frequency uh, and then the the essence of who we are has a higher frequency so it's literally just oscillations or movements of waves per second that's how they measure it right so if it's slow a slow vibration there's less oscillations or movements per second if it's a high vibration, there's there's more. Within a high vibration, if you wish to keep it, I'll, I'll still call this scientific, but you may see it as esoteric. Light travels much easier through higher vibrations when there is less density than lower vibrations where there's more density. Um, so that's the easiest way to explain it for scientifically, kind of, if you want to keep it really basic. That makes all the sense in the world to me. So I appreciate that answer. Now, I have to ask you this question because I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are since we are talking so much about um, quantum physics, quantum mechanics. Uh, what is your concept of simulation theory and the illusion, the dream, the maya that has been talked about for thousands of years? Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts of it and, and, and what this all is. 
<laughs> he has a big smile on his face. <laughs> Such a big smile because it is, well, The Matrix did a great job. Oh, wonderful. Great job. If you look at it with an open mind and read it between the lines, a very, very, very good job. So let's look at it from two, two different angles, okay? One, applicable to everyday life. Okay, applicable to every single person. What does this mean to me in my life today? Uh, we teach that there's eight areas of life um, to optimize, you know, energy, frequency, and vibration in all of these eight areas of life. Um, so in our lives, okay. The second one is from the scientific view. Okay. Firstly, we know through science, hardcore, back now, trialed and tested for over a hundred years. Like I said, since Max Planck founded and won a Nobel Prize for the quantum theory, 1895. Until today, 2023, still true to this day. There is a field of intelligence inside of us. It is non-physical and it makes up the majority of who we are, say plus 99%. Okay, so we can establish that scientific fact. Uh, once we know that now, we also understand that we are living our lives through the five senses. Okay, so if you know that the majority of who and what you are, is non-physical, but you are living the majority of your human experience through your five senses, cool, which are known to be part of the physical experience, then this is a matrix. So in essence, we are in this world, but not just of this world. And because the majority of what we experience is through the senses, we have to raise our vibration and awareness, particularly our awareness, that we are more than that which is separated. So if it it sounds a bit weird, but it, I, I mean, the Buddhist monks have been knowing this for you know, thousands of years. The Indies, Indian lineage, the Bhagavad Gita, many practices across the eons, they've known this. They've called it different things. Mm -hmm. It's just we've kind of forgotten for a while and now we're coming back. So we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. I believe it's absolutely true if you look at it from that perspective. And and in many ways, if um, if Neo, the main character of the Matrix, essentially is uh, becomes an ascended master at the mm -hmm. end because he he knows the truth. And ascended masters to become ascended masters, like a Yogananda or a Buddha or a Jesus, they are revealed the truth of what this experience is. And exactly. once you understand this, the, the truth, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. It, it is what it is. And then you are now you've now you're beyond this place. And that's where we all strive to be is to remember where we truly came from. So as the analogy of the matrix, Neo becomes an ascended master. Of course, there's Kung Fu and there's there's other things that they do in the movie because it is still a movie. But the general idea is pretty profound. I mean, he is a Jesus character. I mean, his, his name is Neo, which is, you switch the words around, it's one, you are the one, you know, I mean, the Jesus metaphors are pretty heavy in that film, um, but it's pretty profound. And to be honest, it was the first time that that concept hit the zeitgeist of the world after that movie came out. Absolutely. And I think it was designed and timely. Like I said, when I was growing up, you know, my parents didn't know about personal development. They didn't know about this kind of stuff. We didn't have the kind of connection where I could dial in and listen to a podcast like yours, bro. You know, mm -hmm. it just didn't exist. Um, and so, you know, 
we have these tools available now. And with these tools, you know, with great power comes great responsibility because it's great to hear about this podcast and it's really awesome and Thank so you. on and so forth. My question is, what are you going to do about it? Because it does also reply this three-dimensional or physical action. There needs to be intention. There needs to be um, action on a regular basis. And so the question is, you know, how do we access the field? And this is how I healed myself because, the, you know, when I was, this was in 2006, I got the staph infection right from the hospital. The doctor looked me in the eyes and he said, we got two choices here. Either one, we cut your leg off from the hip and down to stop the infection. Um, or two, we, you know, we don't, we try and fight it and it, if it attacks your internal organs, you get sepsis and then you die. So it wasn't quote unquote a, a near death experience, but mentally it was. Yeah, you, because, you, you, know, you died. You died in your head. You're like, I'm going to die. Yeah, right. And, and, and death for me wasn't just physical death. It was, you know, hang on. You know, while I've strived my entire life to one, find out what it means to live because my brother died, and two, what it means to heal and live an extraordinary human experience because my, my sister's always been disabled. And, and I suffered emotionally because I suppressed it over functioning in the masculine strong, you know, physically and then emotionally and uh, uh, physically and mentally, but so weak emotionally. So my two greatest fears were realized in that moment. Alexi said, you'll, you'll die or you, or you lose your leg. I'm like, it's the first time in my life I experienced true stillness, <laughs> true peace. This moment where it's like, hang on, it went from complete darkness to like, what, what, what was I worried about? Because I got this knowing the sense came through me and I, I shared this in my seminars. I said, if it is to be, it's up to me. It's what came through for me. My first, you know, quote unquote download, if you want to keep it esoteric, right? Or a moment of pure stillness. And so the, the surgeon left and I left the hospital and I tried for, this was better part of, I think, well over a year, almost a year and a half, Alex, in and out of surgeries, hospitals, wheelchairs fighting for my life with this hospital infection. It was spreading. I had lost 15 kilos. It was a multi-resistant staph infection. It doesn't respond to antibiotics. And it actually exists in many hospitals, unfortunately, in certain parts of the world. So I had to get this message that I would either be permanently disabled or die for me to feel within me the answer. And the answer was, okay, look within and find. And, and I go, went home and I was teaching yoga, but nothing compared to what we teach now in yoga, qigong, breath work. Our breath work give our clients the experience of the quantum field. Seven out of 10 and now have the experience of the field of expanded consciousness during the breath work. So I went home and I started breathing. I didn't know why, Alexa. I, I knew Ujjayi and a couple other types of breathing from my yoga training. And I just started breathing. And, and the, I, could, I found certain techniques to expand the feeling of stillness and, and, and peace. And that was so good for me because, hang on, he just said that I could die. <laughs> you know, I'll lose my leg or I die. So what do I do now? I, I, just, I just want to do what feels good because one, uh, this is expansive for me, you know, painful or, or worrying. And two, I know that I'm healing in this space. If I can get my nervous system to this level, then I can heal in this space. So again, that's where what we now uh, teach was born through the experience. Three and a half weeks in, so this was a year and a half into it, three and a half weeks in, I had this little hole on the side of my hip where the, all the infection kept coming out every day, leaders every day, um, and it closed off. And I went into some, you know, in and out of uh, consciousness, content experiences and um, had a fever for two days and it closed and, and I healed. And it's, if it wasn't for awareness, if it wasn't for quantum science, breathwork and meditation, 
um, I would have been here at the very best with one leg, Alex. So uh, it saved my life and it will, uh, if people choose to apply it, because you don't have to break your legs or almost die or, you know, lose things, you know, like some of us have, you can apply this now. You can start focusing now. You can start meditating now. You can start practicing gratitude now. You can start to, you know, decide to sit with your emotions now. Um, and and the truth is, you know, esoterically and cliche, but let me share it anyway. Neo recognizes that he is the one, but he doesn't become the one until he what decides, believes, decides and believes. Oh yeah, when he when he finally says no. And the and he stops the bullets because he's like, he's obviously taking a leap past what everybody else believes that's even possible. Boom. And he had tips and he had little tricks goosebumps. of it. Yeah, goosebumps, right? And and there was moments of it without even being known when he dodged the bullets. Originally, they're like you're not supposed to be able to do that. There were hints. There was like the quantum field or the universe or God or whatever was giving you tips of like, look, you you are capable of doing more than you believe you are till so he finally got to that place where he's like no i am the one i am source and that's when he started to see the source code and that's when he was able to play within that environment like a god because at the end of the day we all are god we that's all the key all, we are all one connected that's the whole key to everyone listening right now, it is not outside of you. No one is coming to fix your life. No one is coming to fix your finances or your business or your health. You are the hero that you've been waiting for. You are the one. You are scientifically proven a unique individual expression of source consciousness. Why are you born? It is not random that you're here. What is your gift to the world? What makes you happy? What makes your heart sing? You know, if you want to talk enlightenment, keep it simple. 540 on the Hawkins scale, that is higher than love, is joy. Just live the most magnificent life that you came to live within what you love that's good for you and good for the world. And you are already making the world a better place. It is not difficult. You don't have to save the world. It is your world that Neo is talking about, your human experience of remembering that you are, in essence, the eternal embodied in time. So let's not get too caught up in this experience. You know, many. Uh, masters would say, you know, why take life so serious? You know, yeah. many, many of the many of the gurus and the and the yogis and the swamis they always laugh at yes. certain things because we take it takes life so seriously. You because know, we uh, live in duality, Alex. You know exactly. But isn't it interesting that you said that? And something I want to kind of dig into a little bit is that you said that we are the person who is our hero. We are our own hero. We are our person that's going to be able to help and save ourselves. There's no one else is going to do it. And also that if you do what you love, in joy and in love, you change your vibration yes. and it raises. And if you change yours, the people around you change. And if the people around you change, it, then it becomes more of that. And that is what is happening. I believe now there are so many people waking up. There's so many people looking for this information, wanting to search, to figure out what is going on because the old ways of doing things is not working anymore. It's not, it's working for the few at the top, if you will. And, and, and the few that, that used to sit behind closed doors and saying, I'm the only way. 
uh, that's not working anymore, where this information is like, you don't need any of that. It is in yeah. within you to be able to find this happiness and this peace that you're yeah. looking for. And you can, and it's not actually as hard as it sounds. If you have the right kind of guidance, like this mm -hmm. podcast and, and you know many of, of the other amazing people out there in the world doing it. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And you know, we've developed a program that actually people can sit with their emotions and it's not pain, it's not comfortable. You know, for three days we sit with our fear, guilt, shame, grief, sadness, anger, disconnection, illusion. You know, and we heal all of that through the experiences of gratitude and you know, acknowledging that it's happened for us, not to us. Because the spirit and the soul doesn't look at the human experience and goes, oh, well, I'm a victim because <laughs> this was all kind of like a great university kind of thing. So, yeah, it, the tools are now available. And I couldn't agree more. This is kind of, to me, feeling like, you know, the great awakening or a awakening indeed. We are certainly becoming more conscious, even though it might not seem like it. And I like to, um, um, I always used to say what you used to say, you know, the guys at the top. So they're the top with power and, and money because they control. But are they at the top when we talk consciousness? No. Probably not. So then, again, where's the hero that you've been waiting for? Have a look in the mirror. You experience life through your senses. You experience life as you are, not as it is. So again, you know, who is at the top? And, so, you know. Agreed 100%. Now, I'm going to ask you something because we've talked, we touch upon this a little bit. Um, and I know you've gone through it and I've gone through it at a certain point, at a certain experience level in my life. But it's a question I get asked a lot um, is trauma. We all, every one of us has a trauma. Every one mm -hmm. of us has pain that we've gone through. This life. Several thousand, normally, if you study human psychology, there are several thousand, thousand wounds in the unconscious mind that are unrectified or not necessarily brought into to coherence. Correct. So that's that's the that's the biggest thing in the subconscious mind. You're not even aware of these things, and I had to deal with a lot of that in my own life uh, to get to where I am right now, and I still am working on a lot of things as well as I, we move forward in life because we're here to. There, I don't believe there's a human being that is born into this existence perfect. Uh, though many of the scriptures, we might want you to believe that, that's not the case. Even the great, the great people we've spoken about, Ascended Masters, all worked on stuff while they were down here, uh, yep. if you will. There's no down question. Here. Love down analogy. here. I love, I love yes. down here. Uh, higher vibration up top. Uh, so, so the trauma, how can we use the quantum field to heal our trauma? First of all, to bring it out of us that we're so uh -huh. our ego and our mind is blocking it off to protect itself. So we don't even know a lot of times that we've been carrying this thing that happened to us when we were five. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, did that really affect me that much? Holy crap. And then when it starts to come out, you're just like, why am I crying? What's going on? And you it's yeah. just a surprise to yourself. So in your opinion, from all the work that you've done, how can we use the quantum field to kind of heal the trauma and pain in our lives? Awesome. I think this is a really great question. And to answer the question, the first principle is awareness. Okay. Because the quantum field is awareness. God or the greater organized design or unified field, if you want to keep it scientific, is awareness. Okay. And so if you become aware right now that we know that there's 
unresolved trauma. And that is normally creating the habits that we don't want to have. Okay, so unresolved trauma, lower frequency emotions, feeling guilt, sadness, shame, fear will make us eat, behave, and do things that we don't want to do. Right, so that's the first thing we got to recognize. Um, so now that we're aware uh, that 95% of how we experience life, and this is, you know, you've probably heard this, your viewers and listeners probably heard this, you know, I studied neuroscience for 20 years now. We know that you only access about 5% of the brain. We've heard it, right? So we kind of get those numbers, but we can access a lot more of that now because we have these techniques available, mindfulness, et cetera. You know, they, they say there's four brainwaves, frequent states. No, there's five. There's gamma. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah the, the monks the monks showed us that. In we know. And, yeah. and, and what about that? Hang on. So science couldn't get it, but the monks. Oh, yeah. Science only figured it out afterwards they because they, I, I love that. I saw that. I saw one of those that they, they were testing the monks and they went yeah. down to four and he, and they're like, oh, we've gone really far. And he's like, oh, I can go deeper. And then they're like, what is this? And it was a whole other level. So again, stuff that's been around for four or 5,000 years, science just picked up on. <laughs> exactly. Or it has been lost. Right. Or it has been suppressed. Probably a combination of both. Mm-hmm depending on where you look at it in the world and for what reason. Uh, but coming back to your original question, I think that how do we do this? Okay, the first thing is awareness. Okay, so now that you know that in 95% of what you experience on a daily and on a lifetime basis is unconscious or subconscious, which means that it occurs without your conscious awareness. Breathing is one, digestion is one, um, but also the trauma from five when you were in the, you know, playground and you got bullied or something happened. You mentioned this example before, Alex, right? Right smack. In the imprint period, um, in that time and also later in life, we create the blueprint and the filters of how we see life. And so if we understand this now, that one, I, I'm unaware of the majority of the trauma in my life that is creating the majority of the suffering. And this is the same in business as, as it is in life. Once we are aware of that, the question is, well, how do I resolve that? How do I liberate that? I call it an issue in the tissue. Right. As a primary healthcare physician, I used to call it a di diagnosis or a disease, but we don't, I don't like to call it that anymore because I really just think that these are signs from the soul that there is darkness that needs to be brought into the light or lack of awareness that needs to be brought into the awareness so that it can be healed and seen from the aspect of the soul. If you see it from the aspect of the soul, there is no more pointing fingers because you are creating or having this experience or had that experience for a reason. Okay. If you are energy, frequency, and vibration, if you are in a unique expression of source consciousness, then there's no point pointing fingers because it's not outside of you. It's inside of you. You created that, you know, in whatever way, shape, or form. So then what we do is we, um, and it depends. Some people have the self-discipline to listen to podcasts like this, to, you know, to, to, to actually continue to do the research. And then moreover, to sit in silence and meditation on a regular basis, to seek out teachers, mentors, not gurus, because the guru is only in the mirror, right? But to seek out things that will help you find these ones. For me, Alex, I put myself under great mentors. You know, I sit with the gurus, I listen, I, I learn, I, I try to speak less and, and kind of hear more or feel more. Um, but for me, you know, we, we put this together for our students. They come to an event and then we deliberately take them back to processes that took me, you know, 15 years of, of clinical trials to kind of work out how do we find a person's fear? You know, how, how do you find their greatest fear? How, do, how, how does the conscious mind become aware 
of their greatest fear. So we do this through closed eye meditation slash, slash hypnosis, where we guide them back in time and ask a series of questions. And then the question would be, you know, what's your earliest memory of trauma and fear? And you feel the whole energy in the room just drop. And then they sit and they breathe and they feel what they felt back then. They breathe like they breathed back then. Um, and they get to feel it in their nervous system in both a sacred, a sacred and scientific space. Then they write it out. Okay, so, you know, I remember when I was five on the playground, this happened. And then they journal about what took place. And then they basically become clearer on what this vibration is. Okay, it's fear. And we show them on the Hawkins scale, okay, it vibrates at 100 on the Hawkins scale. Neutral is 250, so it's very dangerous physically, mentally, and emotionally to experience fear or fight or flight on a regular basis. Hmm. Very dangerous, very, very dangerous. And unconsciously, we do it all the time. People don't yes. even know, I'm all right. <laughs> you know, you know? You're constantly in a state of, 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 of flight or flight, fight or flight because the stress hormone is, is constantly doing what it's doing and of course it takes the blood away when you're in that thing, it takes the blood away from your internal organs you can't heal yourself it's all in the external organs because you're about to fight or you're about to run and you're in that constant state 24 7 uh between living in modern western life and what are you creating from that space Pain, in, in the different areas of life disease suffering disease all of it and so it is so basic there's only two parts of the human nervous system you know i had this chance once to do to be mc for uh preta g uh, the founder of the ono academy mm -hmm. in india you know tony robbins personal spiritual mentor etc um, and i had the chance to to facilitate a lot of their work um and always two states two states there's only two states two states two states you know einstein call it fear and love contraction expansion expansion darkness and light in the human experience of duality, this is this is how it works. So what we do is we do a series of very specific questions um, that helps the student identify what uh, their blockage is. So let's be clear: everyone has fear or experiences fear, unless you've got to the to the levels of the Buddha and the Jesus and ascended masters, whoever that we've spoken about, that may not experience it as much at that level in self, complete self-realization. But, you know, myself never even gotten close. Many people listening, you know, we're not self-realized. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. You know, we're not... Um, yeah. Um, we're not quite there just yet, right? So we're, we're, we're working that, on it, my friend. We are working on it. I mean, and that's <laughs> and that's the process. That's the beauty. That's the point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah we, the, the 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 gentleman sitting behind me, uh, Mr. Yogananda, he was self realized. Phenomenal. Uh, what yeah, a book. And, oh, well, I mean, autobiography of Yogi is the book that set me on my path, and he actually has an organization, self realization. <laughs> Uh, organization because of what he's able, was able to do and the impact that he was able to do in the world. Self-realization fellowship, right? That's a correct. Yes, that's, yeah, exactly. Phenomenal. Oh, they do some great work. I love it. Yeah, exactly. So you were saying. Yeah. So once you're able to pull this out of the the dark attic or basement of your subconscious and bring it out into the light, I know from my own personal experience that when you do that, it's terrifying. It is uncomfortable. Most people go get back in that room and let me lock the door and throw the key away because I don't want to deal with that. And it is that kind of, you know, dark night of the soul conversation about things in your own life, in your own existence that most people rather not deal with 
but they don't understand that they don't deal with it. It just gets bigger. The monster gets bigger. It takes more control over you. You get angrier. You get more fearful. You get more. It, it just it just it pushes and pulls you your whole life in directions that you don't. It's controlling you, and you are not controlling it. So, what advice do you have when someone does sit in front of the mirror and really does a face to face with their fear or their trauma? How do you process that? How do you like not shove it back into the into the basement? It depends on what you want in life, because mm -hmm. this is the, the beauty of the, I, it's almost like universal law called free will. Mm -hmm. It depends on what you want. Um, if you want to live a beautiful, magnificent life um, where you experience life and all the, the beauty that it has to, uh, to share with you, then you also are aware that the majority of the suffering in your life, again, not in developing countries, but in you know countries like America, Australia, many other countries, Europe, etc., we know that the majority of the suffering is internal. Okay, mm -hmm. so we have food, we have water, we we have shelter. The basics, the basics, yeah, the, the basics. We have the basics, and so we have the basics, and so the suffering is internal. It's in here. All suffering begins and ends in the mind, as Eckhart says, yeah. And so then the 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 question is, okay, well if if I recognize this, that I experience fear, guilt, shame, grief, you know, fear, or, or I should say stress, then do I want to experience that the majority of the time? Or do I want to live in a beautiful state the majority of the time? If And again, this is pretty easy to say, oh, of course, I want to live in a beautiful state, but we have to be cognitive about this process. We have to choose consciously because of free will. So I choose to live a magnificent life. Okay. So then again, what are your value systems? You know, one of the things that I value the most is family. And many people listening would say, you know, I love my children. And so I know that I either one do the work now and heal my issues in, in the tissues, my, my, my shit. Then I don't pass those negative patterns onto my children because it's intergenerational. We know this in epigenetics. So for me, I look at what I value, um, good health, um, you, know, you know, success within, you know, getting our mission to the world and, and spreading consciousness and, you know, elevating energy, frequency, and vibration, experiencing love, family, and, and beautiful relationships, et cetera. Within that comes responsibility because like I said, no one's coming to fix it. So if you wish to have a magical human experience, healing trauma is one of the first places to go because it is the trauma or the unresolved low energy frequency and vibration in the unconscious. It is the time that your father or mother said that you weren't good enough. The, the trauma that happened when your girlfriend or boyfriend broke your heart the first time, you know, the, it is these experiences that are creating the suffering in life that again, like I said before, I like to lead to the habits that we don't want to have, addictions as such. So it is choosing consciously that I wish to live a magnificent life and then leaning into discomfort. It's the same question as asking, you know, how do I get fit? Well, if you wish to be physically fit, you can't stop the moment. You know, if you're doing push-ups, if you're in a yoga pose, if you stop, oh, it's so a little bit uncomfortable. And then you go outside and have a cigarette or, you know, eat some sugar or, you know, scroll endlessly on social media or, you know, pornography or all these escapes, right? Well, then it's going to come back. And this time, maybe it doesn't come back as a whisper, and maybe it comes back as a slap across the face or a kick in the, kick in the bum. You know, and eventually it comes with a Mack truck, and then the universe will speak so loudly that you must, or, or, or at least <laughs> will have a stronger experience of, the, of what is trying to come out 
what you're trying to bring to your awareness to heal. So for me, instead of being dragged through these, because I've had enough of these uh, or several of these, you know, universal lessons, <laughs> I lean into it. Yeah. You know, I find peace in my yoga pose. You know, when I'm quote unquote, hanging upside down, sweating up my nose, if I can find peace there, Alex, on the mat, I can find peace off the mat. So again, the, the ancient philosophies are simple. You know, it's an inside job um, and I lean into it. And so when the discomfort sets in, the hind brain, it wants to run, <laughs> but you're greater than your trauma. So our students and, and in our community, we lean in to the discomfort to heal it. And when we heal the big ones, Alex, we liberate energy because everything is energy. So we liberate energy and then we get more life force energy to use into the things that we love. Um, and it's not such as a shadow work over and over and over again, but certainly knowing what the traumas are from the imprint period and turning that from how it happened uh, to you to for you, seeing the benefits and being grateful for the experiences and utilizing that life force energy, that chi now into conscious aspects of what you're trying to create is kind of the the, a summary of, of parts of the work that we do, I guess. And, and what I love what you just said there is that it releases energy. So you yes. can use it in a positive place in your life. And you're absolutely right. Because if you're just constantly angry, constantly fearful or stressed or worried about things, that takes a tremendous toll energetically on your body. And when you release that, and again, I'm only speaking from my own experience. When I released my one of my great traumas in life, my whole world opened up. Things started yes. to things started to come into my life. I started to see things differently. <clears throat> Not quite Neo esque. Uh, I wasn't stopping bullets just yet, um, but things became clear um, in my life. Things became ideas started to to solidify in my life where my philosophies on life and things like that, things started to make more sense. I wasn't as confused as I was before. You're like, why isn't this happening for me? Why isn't this happening? I want this, this, this. I want, I want, I want, I want to control. I want to control. And when I let go and understood what was happening, then things became a lot easier, which is counter next level soul. Right. And it, it, it's, uh, it is also a counter counter to the way we are told in the West, which is about hustle, grind, Built uh, uh, uh. matrix. Yeah, exactly. And and to to a certain extent, you do have to do work. There's no question. But you don't have to control. You have no control. The control is an illusion of the ego. Do yes. you believe do you if you believe that you can control other people and things around you to to bend to your will? That's the ego. When you understand that you can let go of that and things will come to you in a way that is helpful and positive and in a high vibration in your life, then things open up. I'm assuming that's what happened to you with what you went through. Very much so. And in essence, the more things you're trying to control, the more the universe is going to show you that you're out of control because of this thing called attachment. Yes. You know, study, study the, the ancient Indian philosophies, um, look at the Buddhic principles, what blocks the crown energy center or our portal to connecting to the higher self um, the most is our earthly attachments. So the more things that we are attached to, hanging on to and trying to control, the more we're going to suffer because you're not going to be able to control everything. You know, the water doesn't control which way, it, with part, which path it takes, but it always ends up where it needs to go. Um, so it's like, like Bruce Lee said, kind of be like water. So yeah, if you're, for those who are quite 
um, intellectual or overly intellectual or too, you know, too masculine within their, their way of behavior, um, control is a major aspect uh, and letting go, um, is, is divine. It's scary as all hell, man. Isn't it? But, Isn't oh. it? It's terrifying. It's terrifying, especially if it's something that you've done all your life. If it's yep. a skill, if it's a skill set that you've done all your life, because that is what you've used to survive in the world. That is what's happened. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And you have, you then figure out, I got to let go of the thing that is my blankie that I've been holding on to since I was a kid. It's, and it's a mental emotional rebirth. It is. It, it was very much so for me. There was a kind of rebirth when I started the show and I went through my trials in the show as well. But once I let go is when the things, the world start opening up. And I wanted to touch on something that we've been talking about. We've mentioned it a few times and I know you and I understand what it is, but many people don't. The imprint period. Uh, are uh -huh. you referring to the Bruce Lipton concept of those first seven years that he talks about so much? Very much so. Um, Bruce Lipton's work is just phenomenal, uh, but he's not really the founder of this no of course not of course not he's the one that's popularized a lot of it yeah very much so but it's very necessary unless the imprint period is a series of um experiences that you have every person from the age of one to seven approximately it uh, depends on what culture you're raised how fast you evolve and you know obviously your culture and, and community so yes the first seven years of someone's life i normally say this when you understand, like right now, people are listening to a device. Let's say it's a phone or it's a computer. Well, you can only hear the sound coming out or see what you can see on the screen, right? So what you see on the screen, what you hear, great. That's one aspect. But underneath, in the, within the computer or the phone, there are thousands and th thousands of processes that are taking place at the same time that you don't necessarily see or think about. The imprint period is the program that was built within your nervous system, your view of the world, how you fire and wire thoughts, patterns, indoctrinations, emotions, experiences, beliefs, behaviors that started from when you were young. So, and again, it's 95% approximately of that is created in the imprint period. So if you have, you know, like many people been born and raised, kind of done a little bit of personal development, a little bit of professional development here and there, you're kind of curious about things, you know that there's more to life than there's always going to be uh, a key for you, a golden key found within your journey within and back in time to the imprint period as well. Because of the traumas that took place then, you know, I had a client a while ago, we were doing some breath work together, and every time she was breathing and she was experiencing fear, um, this vision would come up in her head of a man wearing a red hoodie, like a red um, a jumper. And she didn't know why. And, but she would experience deep fear and the feeling of insecurity when she saw a man dressed in red. Um, and when we went back into close time meditation and she started realizing what was going on. She called her mom and said, mom, were we ever attacked or something happened with a man dressed in red? Because she was only a young girl. She was three at the time. And her mom started crying and said, yes, I'm goosebumping as I'm telling the story. She said, where well, they were walking through, I think a park or something. And he was, and she, they were, the guy tried to rob them. And so all the little one remembered was sitting in the pram and then a man coming and the mom screaming and then the man running off. But that was 
a feeling of deep trauma and insecurity. And so that was imprinted, that was programmed, that was placed, you know, within the young one's unconscious mind. And so now when the adult, the, the, the lady that was a child, when, when she experiences a three, when she saw the color red, she would unconsciously perceive a threat. Wow. Right. And this was firing and wiring in their unconscious mind until she did this work because, and she realized she didn't have any red in the house. <laughs> did not like the color red, right? It's not because of red, it's because of the trauma in the imprint period. And so what we had to do was to fall in love with the color red, right? And it may sound so simple, but it's not the color red that was the problem. The problem was that that triggered a, a survival state. And so the imprint period is a principle in human psychology that states that you know, the majority of how you see the world and experience the world comes from that time. And so to go back and find traumas or incidents that took place during that time and bringing them back to coherence and love, um, healing them is, it's a gift, Alex, to have this knowledge now and to have this available to us to be able to do this. It's, it's so fascinating. It's, it's essentially the operating system uh, 100%. Of, of our computer. It is it is how we function in life, how we see life. And I always tell people, especially people who, who are a bit dogmatic with their ideas of uh, spirituality, is I go, well, if you would have been born into a Jewish family, you would have been Jewish. If you would have been born in the Catholic family, you would have been Catholic. If you would have been born in India, you would have been Hindu. If you would have been born in, in China, you might have been Buddhist. Like in Tibet, you would have been, to, you know, Tibetan Buddhism. Like it would have been different for... It all is relative to where you were born. If you were born a Bushman in Australia, uh, an Aborigine, you would have a completely, you were not Jewish and you wouldn't have Jewish beliefs. It, it all about how you came in. So if you understand that basic concept, then you can start understanding, well, if that's what I was programmed with at the beginning, does it make sense to me? And do I need to open my view a little bit of life? And that's just yeah. one aspect of our programming, you know, just yeah. religious, but societal what what a man's position is based on what we saw in our father um if we had a father or if we you know it's like it, there's so many subconscious things that drive us that it's basically the main it's one of the main issues of our existence essentially and it's a loop yes it, it is it's a continuous feedback loop so the universe will go hang on you haven't healed your healed, healed your fear from when you were three, from when you were five, whatever. It could have been from you were 10. It's not just one to seven. It doesn't stop at seven. But it's like the primary neurology is, is, is um, neuroplastically created at that time, create like form. The program is built at that time. Um, and so the interesting thing is like you look at your phone, right? And if you don't update an app on your phone, you know, across, a, you, know, a, you know, 12 weeks, it ain't working. Oh, yeah. You know, like it's not working. So hang on. Uh, how many years have you, how many years since you were seven? How many years since you've upgraded the program? And, and if that trauma or those traumas or those beliefs are still there, what do you want them to be to make the rest of your life the best of your life? That's the question. And when each person recognizes, hey, Alex, your fear, um, your listeners' fear is different. My fear is different to you know, anyone else's fear, but we all experience fear, then it unites us. It unites us because the primary blockages, if you want to be a little bit esoteric, of the energy system, the chakras, um, the spinning vortexes, these wheels of energy proven by science, Professor Valerie Hunt, UCLA, UCLA University, et cetera. Um, the primary blockage of these energy centers of flow of energy from the higher self to the lower self, from the, the spirit, the soul, 99.9% .9 true 
to the you know the the human experience of of duality, the the interconnectedness of such, or at least what we know to be the energy centers, what blocks them the most are emotional traumas, brother, and that's why healing our emotions will heal our lives and our businesses because that is where we're creating from and manifesting from and experiencing from at the same time. Dr. Esmond, I can talk to you for another six hours, my friend. Uh, <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This is, we'll have to have you back and have another long, long conversation about uh, about the meaning of life and, uh, you know, the, the, the matrix. Uh, <laughs> just have a whole episode just on the matrix alone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Ask all my guests, my friend. What is your definition of living a good life? And the reason I pause for this is because I, de- I think it deserves a, a good pause here for us to just take a moment to feel and assimilate for each and every one of us listening, not just for myself. And I think for me, living a good life is um, firstly, to make it applicable, living a life aligned with our values. You know, um, I would imagine that many people listening, uh, watching this would have um heard about values before. Um, if I was to ask you right now, what are your top three values? Um, if you cannot answer me, my values are bang, 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 then go and seek out values and get to know thyself further by knowing um, w- what your values are. By, by that, I mean what it is that you love. Because if you realize or, or become conscious of what you love, if you love the paint, and you know, painting brings you presence and painting brings you joy, then that is for you a path you know, to, to presence, to enlightenment, to living an incredible life. For someone else, it might be surfing. For me, it's researching, teaching, speaking, you know, my, my health practices, ascension. I love to study ascension, philosophy, family, you know. So, so when I live a life aligned with what makes my uh, heart sing, then I can be happy and fulfilled. So that's one. And if you chunk it up, Honestly, I think part of my path anyway has been, you know, getting closer to source, closer to God, Um, because the more uh, I am on that path uh, of self-realization, remembering not just that I am intelligence, but also that there is a creative force that created everything. That's a cool dude. You know, I want to go hang out with him. I want to get to know him. I want to be closer or him or her or it, or, you know, I want to get closer to that because that's a really special place to be. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Which leads me to my next question. What is your definition of God? Of God. The greater, excuse me, the greater organized design. God for me is the origin of all things. Um, Named in many different religions, practices, quantified in science now. Um, You know, we know it in spirituality. You, you, You can call it, you know, whatever you may call it. For me, it's the origin of all things that is aware of all things in all things, and maybe even experiencing all things through us. Um, but it's the origin and creative, creative force and intelligence within all things that is God for me. And what is the ultimate purpose of life? <laughs> Big questions, huh? <laughs> the ultimate purpose of life. Um, I believe, honestly, in its most simplistic form, is to live a life that is aligned with our values, mm. um, because joy is part a major part of life to really not take it so seriously to be able to to live in a beautiful state um and also for me again chunking it up it's remembering who we are and coming closer home 
And where can people find out more about you and the work you're doing, sir? Um, the easiest way to have this experience is to go to the website um, and do the quantum experience, the one day event, which is Dr. Espen, D-R-E-S-P-E-N, like Aspen, but with an E, DrEspen.com. Check out the quantum experience. Um, yeah, and we do the breath work in the one day too. And it's really great to talk philosophy and science, um, to talk all these wonderful things. But when we can give people an experience of the of 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 having that expanded awareness, experiencing that we are light, um, that's really what we're excited about. So yeah, check out the quantum experience. Also, Dr. Espen on Instagram, Facebook, um, whatever. And do you have any final words for our audience? Firstly, I'm wholeheartedly grateful for the opportunity to be here, to be invited to be on the show. Um, secondly, I'm honored that you uh, listeners, viewers have spent the time um, feeling, experiencing and exploring what this means to you, what quantum science consciousness means to you and how you can apply it in your life. I would highly recommend listening to this over and over again until it drops, sinks deep into the nervous system. Share it with your friends and family. My final words are simple. There is a field of divine intelligence within you. You're here alive, listening, breathing and feeling what you're feeling right now, listening to this for a very specific reason. Um, you are truly the one that you've been waiting for. Um, life is in your hands. Make the best of it because you are worth it and you are profoundly loved and you are important. So go out and make your life magical. Go shine. My friend, I appreciate you and all the work you're doing in the world to help awaken all of us, my friend. So I appreciate you. Thank you again. It's a privilege and a pleasure. I want to thank Dr. Espen so much for coming on the show and sharing his amazing knowledge and experience with all of us. Thank you, Dr. Espen. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, including how to sign up for his free session exclusively for everyone listening to Next Level Soul, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash two one two and simply go down to the links page and there you will find all the information about this free amazing session and trust me you're going to want to take it they're not selling anything they don't want anything they just want to gift this amazing experience to the entire audience of next level soul so i'll see you there and if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.